going on, DJ Nation? Tyler Tambellini here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast, episode 298. We're getting very close to the 300th episode. Uh, it's going to be crazy the way it works out because we don't have Kenny with us this week, obviously. We won't have me next week with traveling back from Memphis. We'll get there, talk about that. Of course, that's what the show is all about. And then week after that will be the Tour Championship, which happens to work out to be our 300th episode. So super excited about that. Before we get into it, before I bring in our guest, want to remind everyone this show is brought to you and presented by fantasynational.com head on over to fantasy fantasynational.com slash fgd get yourself 20 percent off your first payment ryan Baroff, my guy back with us our, our resident fill-in it's been crazy man I, we appreciate you all season long stepping up kenny had some stuff today with work with golf and then going out after so you know he's got a week off i'm traveling to memphis on wednesday to be live at the tournament this week and I won't come back until Monday, which was like a full travel day. So I'll miss next week. But how are you doing, my friend? What's going on this evening? I am good. Happy to be back. Glad to fill in. And uh, let's keep it rolling off to Tom Kim win for sure. A prolific winner. Uh, you know, some of the people today were, I know they're joking. Our boy, Scotty Mack, and everyone's just teasing it around. But everyone's trying to like claim this guy and talk about him. And it's for sure. If you go back, you can check the tweets are out there. Jude Deloy, we, we both know him quite well. Many others listening probably do. But if you don't, it's like Jude underscore UT4. I can't remember his exact Twitter handle, but uh, he put out like a crazy report. He was up probably on him before that. The report mm-hmm. had uh, Saddam in number two, by the way, the guy that actually was beating up on Tom Kim a little bit back at one of the events recently. And then if you went back and looked on some of their stuff overseas, he tended to show up a little more than him. The, the live tour picked him up, uh, but he had Ju Young Kim. Now Tom Kim, as everybody knows him in there at number seven, uh, Skylar Hoke, you know, at Skyhook DFS, all your ownership needs on Twitter. He was on him back then. You're on there calling him a prolific winner. I believe was your, your words on him, I believe. So talk to me a little bit about that. And then of course, what you saw with him yesterday. Yeah. Well, I think yesterday, I mean, we talked about it early in the week. Um, it's the perfect course for him. Like you do not have to be long there. You have to hit fairways um, because that, that, that rough is nasty, which you saw, like you saw guys struggle out of the rough, uh, not be able to get to the green, uh, lots of chip outs. I think you're going to see more of that this week too, because the rough is still also a little bit gnarly here. Um, but at the end of the day, when you putt like that, yeah, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Like, obviously there was a lot of talk about the eight that he started with. Of course, you never want to do that, but he literally gained four strokes a day putting. So, uh, just incredibly impressive, but I think back to the winning, right? Like, I don't care where it is winning breeds winning. And I put a tweet out earlier today by Keegan Bradley for kind of the same reason. Like, yes, probably a good DFS play. Yes. Very consistent, making the playoffs, making lots of money, lots of top twenties, but stop betting Keegan Bradley to win because it's just not going to happen. Guys who win and guys who can putt will continue to win. And that's what we're going to focus on. Gosh, that's not good for my bet of the week, but you know that, you know that, that story, we're going to leave that one. Not going to beat it because this is crazy. It'll be the first time ever. We'll say we've know. seen it. He can putt like when he, he wants can, to he putt, find the he putter putt. and he found it a little bit these last couple of weeks, actually, even on Saturday this past week, but Strong. back to yeah. old Tom Kim, you talked about it with the putter crazy enough. I just wish he had been in the final group. Because Mm -hmm. winning by five strokes, he absolutely could have just dunked on the field. He's only 20, you know, probably has some good golf etiquette. But why not just make the quad at the end to win by one (laughs) and open quad, close quad to ship this thing and just dunk on the entire field. But I know, you know, just, uh, you know, a grind for him after the first nine, just dominant. Uh, went out, what was it, went out in 27 or something? and was 27, 800, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. On pace for live, right? 54, get that $54 million bonus. Thought about yeah. that back to the top. But 
yeah, either way, incredible performance by him. Sung Jay, I felt like he left a lot out there. He was right there in the mix. If you go back and look, Henley, you and I, mm-hmm. you know, chatting about him on Sunday. Taylor Moore, these guys, like, they, there was a lot more to be had for them. Hatton, your boy, we'll talk about him this week. Uh, who else? Anybody else you saw something from or any of those guys that you want to comment on? No, I mean, I think there is, I mean, we were all over it. I, I, I mean, M, Tom, and Henley were my highest three owned, and Moore was probably one of my highest in the seven. So, like, that was all great. Um, there was just, there was enough that went wrong. You know, Svensson was a huge miss. Tyler Duncan quad was a huge miss, but like there were a lot of guys who, who had that blow up hole. Right. And if you look at the other 18 or 36, 54 holes that they played, they were pretty good. Right. Like, so I think I'm not going to uh, look too much at, at that, um, like the end results from last week, because I think there were some big numbers and guys who played a lot better than kind of than the results shown. And, um, it's not the week to hop off of these guys that you've been playing all summer. Like, yes, the field is better. You're not going to play as many scrubs, but guys who are playing Scott, Scott Stallings, right? Yeah. How are you going to stop playing? He's Scott not stopping Stallings? either, by the way. No, so like, Sunday was solid. It's a stronger field, but the stats are so great. He's making putts. He's hitting it so well. Like, how can you stop playing those guys? So you can't. Yeah. And they can still show up. That's the whole point. Like you said, we'll get to some of that stuff later. I'm going to talk yeah. a little bit of stat strategy, course preview, everything we'll get there. But, uh, you know, the other thing, the smotherment situation, Mm-hmm. I called it that, but I mean, that was pretty fun, right? You, you wake up on that. Fun for uh, us. <laughs> yeah. Fun for him. Yeah, like, um, well, definitely not for him. You know, it hurt him. Funny enough, I posted this little tidbit out there. I just thought it was interesting is because Tom Kim winning got him into the playoffs. They do not mm-hmm. add a spot or anything. Like we'll get to, you know, I'm not going to get to this on the show today, but this week we'll get to a point where we find out if these three guys from live that have appealed it or whatever are going to get in for the playoffs based on really the short turnaround maybe is the only reason you end up seeing them in there, but Either way, we'll, you know, another, another day, another pod. But the point was Tom Kim getting in bumps one guy out. So like the, the Justin lower thing, it's a great story, but even if he had a gut in, he was bumped out. Matt Wallace ends up getting bumped out. Ricky Fowler becomes the one twenty fifth guy to get in. So he ends up getting into the playoffs. I know he's already exempt next season and whatnot, but still interestingly enough, if Smotherman had made the cut, he probably outdoes Ricky. And it would have likely been Ricky getting pushed to become the bubble boy, which after a tough season for poor old Ricky Fowler, that, that would have been a sad scene, but at least he gets in the playoffs. We can see if he could do some damage here. Did you have anything else on this past week at the Wyndham that you wanted to talk about? No, you know, I think, I think the cut line was interesting. Um, it really messed up the weekend because a lot of guys got through and, and then there were a bunch of withdrawals. You know, I was rooting for minus one at start because I had Buckley, Svensson and Lowry pretty heavily owned. Um, so I was kind of happy when Smotherman missed, but then <laughs> Buckley withdraws, space yeah. and sucks, and Lowry sucks. And I was like, all right, probably cost me a couple thousand instead of helping. Um, but yeah, just kind of one of those weeks. Um, and then the rounds on Sunday just murdered me. Jaeger, Taryn, Brendan Todd, Ches Reavy, Poston, Hatton just had had zero of all of the Connors. Zero yeah. of all of them. So the, the Terran one killed me because I had some side bets on him because he's playing his ninth week. He's here Dude, again. We're going my last cut. Yeah, like my last cut is basically like Hodges and Sig against Jaeger. <laughs> Fucking Jaeger backdoors the cut at minus one and shoots 62 yesterday. Like it's yeah. just it's just terrible. Yeah. He can do that. I, I love I love that guy's game, and I feel like he's still pretty slept on considering. I, I think last season when yeah. the top 25 came through, he was number one. 
right? Coming he, in off. The- he's a perfect example. He wins on the corner ferry tour, right? Yeah. He shot a 58, but he wins and he can do that. So uh, and he can him- go low like a week, like last week, I'll just comment on it quick, but like, everyone's like, Oh, I hope with five or six, there's going to be so many less, you know, six or sorry with the, with the cut at minus two is going to be so many less six of sixes and five of sixes that I'm probably better off with my five of six and just see if I can climb the board. It's like, you know, I, I can't even subscribe to that because in a score of place where guys are putting up 61s and 62s on Sunday, yeah. like you still had Saturday to go. Like I just, that, that to me, I was lost. I get it. Like why people are thinking that, but that's at like tough courses and things like that. Of course, you just got to find your way through and hope it's your six that do the job, but you know, Taryn Eagle with a streak to, to round things out pretty much Jagger, who you talked about shooting eight yeah. under uh, Tom Kim with really not even the best back nine, just a couple birdies on there with a bogey, mind you. So it wasn't like he got bogey free, anything like that. But the 27 on the front just crushed it to shoot 61. So uh, I don't know, it just makes it tough, right? But overall, yeah, not a pretty good week. It was a, it was a fun watch in the in the sense that like one of these final events, it wasn't like the same drama as usual. They weren't going to every guy for who needs this for the playoffs and all that. I kind of like that better. Just show me the golf on Sunday. Let Let me see what these guys are doing to get a sense for them coming into this week. Yeah, I mean, great for us. Like, I don't like. Yes, I I would have liked to see more of of the cup sweat, and you know, I like those mm-hmm. stories, kind of how they play out. But it's also really hard to follow because the FedEx point system is so stupid, yes. right? Like, it's <laughs> it's if Lauer made that putt, maybe he goes up two, maybe four. Like, we have no idea. Like, we yeah. knew that it was going to knock him out if he missed. Um, but always helpful when you have an outright ticket. So I'm just happy to watch. And but and yes, of course, it, you know, elephant in the room there, if you will, or whatever the the starting point. You definitely did have. The outright ticket, I did not, but a solid week for me. Got a mega ticket for next week. I probably could have won about two or three more, had some stone bubbles, <laughs> some third places, but that was still nice to pick one up for next week. And yeah. then overall, solid week. I got third in the main 44. I had a good run in the $5, got like 26th place there. It wasn't good enough for the week, but like doubled my money in the $5 on my MME pool. So solid overall week, a little bit of momentum coming into this week in Memphis, which is still a really good event. We're going to talk about that, but let's quickly first go to our Lister League little bit of housekeeping I'll get to, but Listener League winner, bear off. We had Clap 66 with a K. Uh, closer race than usual, 615. Our guy Gasboat won, who's been up there plenty of times, uh, came in second and seventh. So shout out to him. Chef Burns, who's won it this season, is already in the TOC, came 10th. But Clap 66, bear off, I'll read it off to you. Willie Z, we'll talk about him today. He was in there at 10-9. Uh, obviously had Tom Kim. Davis Riley, Scott Stallings, who you've already mentioned, Callum Terran, who we've already mentioned, and your boy, Taylor Moore, down there. Guy could not make a putt. It was almost better for him to be like 10 feet or worse than it was for him to have those darts on Sunday within five yeah. feet. But a solid overall lineup, I think. You know, a couple guys, 7,300. Stallings was around 78. Two guys in the 8K in Tom Kim and Riley. And then the most expensive in Willie Z. What were your thoughts on the lineup? Yeah, I mean, pretty much a 2v2 off of every one of my builds last week. So yeah, I, I locked Sanjay and and faded Zalatoris. So you swap him and Taryn for, well, you know who it's going to be, Svensson and Sanjay, and that's yeah. kind of the difference. Um, yep. But yeah, no, that's a very solid team. Uh, certainly benefited from the barrage of birdies over the weekend for those guys. Yeah, you look at it. This is what I was trying to say earlier, and it's just a good point to round it out. And again, shout out to Clap66. We'll see him in the Tournament of Championship this week. More on that in a second. But uh, look at the Sunday, right? This is why, like, when you, you just you need the 6 of 6, and you need the guys that do this. He had the 61, the 68, the 65, the 64, the 6. Like, these are all excellent scores that you want on a Sunday in your lineup. 
to be able to come through and ship the tournament. So it's just, you need yeah. to be on the right side of that. But when you build, when you think about this lineup to me, this is just a lot of firepower and a lot of upside, not even being results oriented. Like if you just think off the top, Willie Z, Tom Kim, Riley and Stallings, there's a lot of potential there for not only scoring, but you put position placement points, like guys that can find mm-hmm. their way to the top or at least get in the mix, you know, and sure enough, first, 13th 13th and the worst of them is the most expensive willie z in 21st so it's like that's that that's that breakdown and then you get a guy like taylor moore and taron who this is a strategy piece that'll be common for this week too it's definitely common uh, in the no in the no cut it doesn't work for the example but the idea of looking for the firepower still does mm-hmm. but i guess this is what i was trying to say in discord today at over at rps i was talking a little bit about this in the sense that you almost want to risk the five of six to get the chance at the six of six with upside versus play the play the lineup that you think has the better chance at six to six safety with some mm-hmm. of those guys last week. Like you, you talked me out of some of them, but like Reavy Laird, uh, who are some of those Brendan Todd, all, all those guys were like, they're Harmon. I loved Harmon. Yeah, of course they all made the cut. Away. Like I didn't do up, anything. Yeah. It's just, they didn't do anything or they might not even when they make that cut. And so that's kind of the point yeah. you got to look at. And that to me is how he rounded this thing out. Not just because they're the lowest price guys, but you took a chance with Taryn and Moore who have big time upside. And sure enough, one of them came T5. The other guy was your worst guy at T27, but yep. still put up almost 85 DraftKings points. So you, you end up with a great sixth man. A- any extra comments on that? Yeah, no, it's interesting. And like with Taryn specifically, I'm, I'm pretty sure with like five holes to go Friday, he was two over for mm-hmm. the tournament. He made like three or four late birdies and got into one under, which we still thought at the time was probably going to miss. Right. Yeah. And then he backdoored in, but yeah, like I think you just have to like you have to adjust each week. I mean, the course, the build, the pricing. Like you just named Todd and Reavy, who I thought were two of the squarest plays last week. I think both are firmly in play here because the pricing's different. They're gonna be a little bit cheaper. Um, it's a much better course fit for them and a place where you don't have to make a ton of birdies, right? Like you won't need to make 25 or 30 birdies this week uh for these guys to pay off for a you know a low seven price tag, whatever they are. That, that's good for some of the guys we're going to talk about. We'll, we'll get to the <laughs> yeah. course preview and you just, you know, an idea from you of what we should expect. We know this course quite well. We'll talk some stats before we do, like I said, a little housekeeping. So the tournament of champions will be this week. We've already sent out. This will also be the last week for our listener league, but the winner of this week's listener league will move over to next season's tournament of champions. So they won't lose out, but we didn't want to run anything for like the 70 man, no cut definitely not running it for the staggered 30 man. So it's just the way we've set it up. It's how we've pretty much always done it, but I do have the prizes. So run pure and Gup's corner both stepped in. So just to name it out right quick, we're only doing the top three. It's going to be first prize is the big one. It's an annual DFS membership to run pure sports, $800 value. It's an annual, um, annual membership to Gup's corner, which is a $300 value is going to include everything over there. And then $222 cash. So that's going to be likely the, the leaderboard series or whatever you want to use that towards, but that's a huge overall first prize. So again, someone's going to take that down this week. You'll see the invite this week. If you don't get it, DM me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. I'll get you guys set up. Second place goes to a monthly RPS membership, a monthly Gups Corner membership, but then you get a hundred bucks cash. Can use that for whatever you choose. The hundred dollar single entry, split it up however you want to use it. And then third place is going to be the same two monthly memberships for RPS and Gup's Corner with a $50 cash prize. So, you know, just running it down, it's cash money plus these memberships. And then those annual memberships are huge, right? A lot of tools over on both sites, a lot of things, good Discord, Slack channel, good communities to be a part of that you guys can find your way through. So 
Good luck to everybody in the tournament this week. You'll see the invite probably overnight tonight or first thing tomorrow. If you don't get it and you think you should, hit me up on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. I can get you guys set up. All right, that's it for this week, Bearoff. Let's move on. Let's get to this week. We've got the FedEx St. Jude going to be set up here in Memphis, Tennessee. I'll say it for the third time. I'm going. I'm very excited because I don't get to go to many events, obviously coming from Canada. Go to the ones that I can throughout the year. I think, you know, last time I was at an event was the Honda Classic that we went to before that, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Waste Management Phoenix Open and events like that. I've been to three or four times now, but uh, this is going to be a fun one. I'm definitely excited for this. It's all the best players from the season, 121 after the Lash, Lash, Nate Lashley withdraw just before we got on to record. So yeah. still a huge field, still a strong field and a lot on the line, right? We're, we're this the first time around where we don't have the four playoff events. It's just going to be three. So it's 125, 121 in play this week. No alternates down to 70 down to 30. So it's going to be a good one. Talk to me about this place. Some will know it, some won't, but TPC Southwind, what are your thoughts on the course? And then anything else you want to really talk about when it comes to stats, strategy, thought process, anything, and then we'll go through the tiers as always. Yeah. I mean, obviously uh course we're very familiar with seen it for many, many years. The last couple have been the stronger uh, world golf championship field. So I think you also have to weigh that a little bit. Like you can look back and see guys who have played this course well, but like, bunch of top tens by Ches Revi, you know, in crappy fields, probably want to weigh it differently than his tie for sixth in the world golf championship here. Um, but yeah, short course, uh, it's a definitely accuracy at a premium. I think it helps to gain strokes off the tee for sure, but you're going to do it more through accuracy than through distance. Like even when Brooks and DJ did well here, a lot of it was that they weren't hitting drivers. Like they can hit a long iron or they can hit a three wood and find a lot more fairways and still hit it out there pretty long um it's just iron play like that's that's just what it is um a lot more long irons probably than kind of we've seen the last couple of weeks um but I think again that really kind of narrows the type of player that you're looking for and like when you have a field like this with so many really good players that are all really good at everything um it helps that there's one area you can focus on and I think unfortunately (laughs) that plus the pricing is going to put all the money on Justin Thomas this week uh because he is the elite iron player in the 10k range um, of course they're all good, but, and then there's a lot of water, right? And so I think that again, just kind of goes back into the driving accuracy piece and who sprays at least, um, unfortunately, Justin Thomas likes to spray it too. So you just never know, uh, but you have to stay out of the water. Um, you don't want to make big numbers here, but you're just going to have to have awesome irons all week long. The, the JT win was stolen from Brooks, correct? Brooks was there. I like to say it was stolen from Tom Lewis, but sure. Oh gosh. I, I think I remember this one very vividly. And it was like, Brooks was right there and then went in the water. JT, JT had went, a couple of bad shots and got really hit the lucky. tree and it came down perfect really for him. Race, and then he yeah. was good to click it up from there and make it happen. So good, good for JT. But yes, uh, I think you nailed it. One of the things I'm looking at this week, just a little different, it, encaps- it encapsulates it all the same. But I think just from the obvious standpoint of you need to be in the fairway to hit the greens. The greens are very small here. I think they're like the fourth smallest we've seen on the season. The average square footage is around 43 or 4,400, something around that distance, around that size. I think it's 11 holes with water in play where it's actually, you know, a dangerous thing or a dangerous setup. So I would say this greens and regulation, you can't be on in this, at this course, you really, you can't be on the green if you're not in the fairway. You can't be on the green regulation if you went into the water. So I think it's just one of those things. It's a unique stat to look at from the sense that it brings everything else that you would want into play. Good tee to green players hit a lot of greens. So it's just 
little things like that, you know, around the green, the putter have shown not to be as important. So when you think of it from that perspective, I think that's how I'm going to get myself into the mix, have some chances. And again, when you've got a field of this strength, the bigger thing for me is going to be stuff like ownership. And then also what I mentioned a little bit on earlier, I know you you and I will differ a little bit on this because you don't mind playing more of those scrubs and, and you've got good reasons for the ones you're playing or the, the builds that you're building. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the strength of field matters more. And you, you did mention it there a little bit, like the example of Ches Reeve, while he does have good results in WGC versions or at least once, but then the other ones aren't really in those types of fields. I think yeah. that's a lot of it too, right? Again, recent form matters to me from what we've seen lately, but don't forget some of the fields these guys have been doing this in aren't anywhere near what we'll see here. And when you have the cream rise to the top at a course like this in a strength of field like this, there's only so much room for these guys to fit in. So if you're playing MME, of course, you can expand your pool, mix in some of these guys that have been playing some great golf. And we'll talk about them. We, I think we've got some great guys down below, especially. So wait till we get down to that 607 k <laughs> range. But for the top, we'll go right into it, Barrow. We got, we got you know seven guys. So I, I also tweeted this thing because it's interesting, but it's the way it works at these big boy events. All season, the last few weeks on DraftKings, we've seen where they almost have went with a new pricing structure, right? Where they've adjusted it. There's only been not eight, nine, seven at one point, seven yep. guys above nine K. Like it was completely unique. A lot more guys in the sevens. And then like almost a hundred guys down in the six K range this week, totally different, right? We start with 122 because it was what Fleetwood burger. And who's the other guy? There's one more, not in, I forget now, but there's Lonto. He's heard. Yeah. Griffin. Correct. Thank you. And then Lashley goes out. So we're at 121. You've got, Seven guys just above 10k this mm-hmm. week, and John Rom is the cheapest of them. So talk me, talk me about this 10k and above range. John Rom all the way up to Roy McElroy. What are your first thoughts here? First look for the start of the week. Yeah, I mean, we've never seen Rom number seven in pricing. That's that's pretty obvious. So I think, yeah. um, and he's not going to be popular, which we talked about. I think there's enough, um, but there's a lot of ownership going to Justin Thomas, obviously, with the course history and uh, stats that line up a lot better here. And he had a bad trip to Europe, but overall, you know, he just won a major. He's playing pretty well. Yes. Um, he's got kind of the hometown narrative here. He's he's uh, from Kentucky. You know, he'll feel very comfortable here, everything like that. But yeah, I think Rom's a very interesting one. Um, everybody else up here, like, I think they're all good plays. Um, I feel like Xander is going to get squeezed because he's now at this price because of the wins where we're not used to seeing him. Um, and I think he's due for some regression. Like, you can't keep winning, right? You can't keep playing like that. So He'll probably get squeezed. Um, normally, I would say that Rory would get squeezed here too as the highest priced guy, but there is so much value that you don't need the extra two, three, four hundred like you do most weeks. So um, I think my guesses here would be uh, for ownership would be Justin Thomas, number one, um, probably, probably Rory, number two, and then probably Scotty Scheffler, number three. And, and then it always gets a little bit dispersed. Like you said, like there will be ROM people, if you will, that will play him. There will be Xander people that just continue to roll with it regardless of price. So yeah. that's where you'll see a little bit more balance. I would say like Cam Smith probably comes in pretty low. Like people will already talk about the fact that he can spray it off the tee. The price is quite the increase, but it, you know, talking about the regression factor, like look what he did at the open. That was just mm-hmm. incredible stuff. When you think about the grand scheme of things, he's done it on different styles of courses. This was all the conversation after he won the open of what he's capable of, what he can do. But then when you see all these guys around him, just as far as we know, and the way ownership looks, you'd think he's the one that's probably one of the lowest in this range. Yeah. And, and I think the one guy who I have no read on is Patrick Cantley because he is playing about as well as anybody and as well as he's ever played, but he doesn't do well here. He's not a Bermuda guy. 
Uh, people don't like playing him when he's priced like this, but like he's been in the top 10 every week for the last couple of months. So I could see Cantley at, at, at 18 or 20% and I can see him at eight or 10%. I really don't know. Very hard to get a read on him early. Like you said, he's a, he's a tough one because yeah. also a guy that usually, and, and usually it's at 9,800 or 10K or something, but mm-hmm. usually it's like the guy that late in the week starts to get the steam when people are like, do you remember who this guy is? He just won the FedEx cup last year. Like he's capable, blah, yep. blah, blah. And then he ends up getting some of the ownership mixed in with him. So uh, that, that is interesting. I, I think like for me, Xander actually, again, whatever happens, happens, but I, I do actually think he stands out a little bit for me. Like I said, when I look at stuff, we know how good he can be with the driver. We know how good he's been playing ever since that. I kind of like that he's priced up. I didn't actually take that into consideration this morning or in any sort of original look when I'm just going mm-hmm. through it to be that maybe he does get a little bit squeezed because people just decide I'm going to Scotty or Rory there, which I've got no problem with. Like you said, they're all to me, good plays from, from Xander up. And then at the bottom for me, it's, it's Rom over Thomas, but I'm not changing that because I've been doing that forever. And <laughs> I don't know, Rom, maybe being a little bit disrespected this week. Like you said, it's not much to go off of. I, I saw the, the Rom slander on Twitter before we hopped on a little bit more John Hoagie and the fact that, uh, you know, the, the FedEx cup points and all that stuff, but man, it's just hard because like, even when he's playing bad, look, he's still playing well, obviously, but like he is still gaining the bulk of his strokes off the tee, right? He's not, he's not gaining as many with the irons. He's not gaining around the green. He's not putting well this year. Like I, I just think the off the tee game is really going to be neutralized here a little bit. Uh, but again, he's cheap. He's John Rom. He's going to be low owned. So. Yeah. And, and at 10 K uh, I just, it's hard for me not to seventh price guy in the field. Like this is, yeah, you can get him with JT and he doesn't have to win, right? You know. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing too. If you if you act, I mean, we'll see how it actually shakes out, but with JT going out at 10-2, all, all that stuff, I think there is gonna be ownership there. Like it just it's the way it works. So uh yeah. I'm I'm okay with it. Let, let's drop down though. Before we do, I want to ask you something quick. He probably would have been priced in this range anyway, maybe high eights instead, but burger. What what are your thoughts on him? We chatted a little today, but I just while we're on here, like yeah, he's 78. So he's done. He's gone, yeah. Like he's over. He just, why he's back. He's out, you know, with DJ and Paulina drinking beers in the, you know, the, the story that he put on Instagram, like he's chilling there in the, in the water. It doesn't mean he's better. It's, you know, you can still leisurely, re, you know, go out with your friends mm-hmm. to the bad back, have a few drinks, you know, a little liquid courage to be able to hang out and, and do some stuff off the boat. But I, I don't know what the situation is because he's, and not even speculating, just saying, why would he not come to the course that he's crushed and get into the top 70 and move on. Like he just, his season's over now. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he's, he's probably hurt. Um, yeah, like we hurt. knew that he was battling some stuff. Um, I thought, I think, where was it? He came back and he played well at Schwab. I think almost won the Memorial. Uh, and was like playing fine there, but then we haven't seen him since what the U S open, I guess. It's been so a while. He's definitely hurt. Um, so sucks to see the season end that way. But again, yeah, I think he was playing bad enough that even with the course history, he probably would have been in that like Lowry range, 82, 8,300. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And probably probably would have been overwhelming chalk as well. So I was going to say um, over-owned was potential there. So we could have got a, a guy. That I kind of like... wish he was there to take more away from Matsuyama now, but uh, yeah, yeah, we have Tom no, Kim now. Good. So <laughs> yeah. no, that'd be fine. I was thinking like almost like last week with Webb Simpson. I, you know, yeah. I was hoping if he had been like 8,900, that would have been great. Cause he would have ended up getting to like 20% or something, but yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I would have played web for 8,900 last week. I'm not, I'm not playing web for 10, six, whatever he was, you know? Yeah. A little WD action. So yeah. either way, uh, that was a good call last week. I said he was the rake. It started out slow and I, I thought he was going to crush me and then turned out to work out. Okay. So I was happy with that yeah. call, but 
Uh, let's move on. Let's go to your favorite guy at 9,800, right down to Victor Hovland at 9,000. Your favorite guy, of course, being a, a one Maddie Fitzpatrick who you've got all <laughs> over the, the Twitter profile. Now the bio, all those trophies are looking pretty good, man. Yeah. It's of course, like we've seen him specifically do well here. He had back-to-back top tens when it first came here. Um, obviously playing well, obviously likes the course. I don't really see much reason not to play him other than he's here with all the other good players. He's between guy who just won twice and John Rom. So yeah. uh, if you don't play Fitz, it's because you're playing Rom Rafi now and you know, who's going to fault you for that. Um, I think again, the only like kind of, as I look for this price range and odds and things like that, like Spieth probably stands out as, as a guy who I'm, I'm not going to run to target here. Um, he plays well here. He can obviously putt still worried about him with fairways. Um, his, his irons have been better, but that's still not a kind of where he gains most of his strokes. So uh, speak to be one that I don't like. Um, I love Finau. There's no reason to stop. We don't really need to talk much about Zalatoris. Everybody is on him. It's a perfect fit. He likes the course. He's playing well. Um, and then hobbling down to the bottom. Like, I just think you have to cut half of them and play half of them. And I, I really don't have good arguments against any of them. A- any uh, Cameron Young? You want oh, to yeah. I actually, I actually forgot he was there because I already cut Well, you, you posted the, the poll, right? You, it was Cam Young versus Hobbling. Yeah, I already cut They're Young They're both anyways. right here. This is your week. It's 9,300 yeah, like, versus 9,000. Yeah, like you talk about it. Like, what's the one thing Cameron Young doesn't do well? Irons. And it's the one thing that I'm focused on here. Like, sure, we've seen him play any course pretty well, but he's up here with the studs. He need to hit good irons and he is the worst iron player in this range. Uh, so he's going to be the cut this week for sure. Yeah, I thought so. The, the Zal Torres piece, just chat real quick on it. Cause like I said, everyone's on it, but what do you think his ownership gets to at 9,500? Where could you see it? Yes. Yeah, so look, I mean, he hasn't been high owned, right? Like it's not, um, I think people are obviously going to bet him. That's, that's easy to do. You can get multiple guys there, but like they're going to play fee now. Right. And they're going to play Hoffman. I would say he probably gets to 20%, but like nothing prohibitive. Well, yeah, that's part of the reason I asked because th- that's one thing. So Finau coming off the two wins, <clears> people <throat> always still like him. It's 9,700. It's, you know, sort mm-hmm. of best buy pricing kind of where he's just underneath the 10K, which makes it so it's a little bit more reasonable. But then you've got Fitzpatrick and Rom right above him. We already talked about Rom, but Fitz will show up in a lot of different things. Fantasy National, he's going to show up. You go to yeah. the, any of the projection sites, he's going to show up. His top 20 odds and his betting odds, he's going to show up. Is there any chance at all? That's why I got to ask it because like, no one's playing Young, Spieth, or Hovland. No one, you know what I mean, right? Versus yep. the guys above. But do you think there's any chance he gets squeezed at all? Because I think when we get to this upper 8K range, there's a lot of plays there. And if you think people mm-hmm. are going to Finau, Fitz, and Rom, how does Zalatoris get to 20? Just wondering. That's, you know, yeah. Monday yeah, well, yeah. So that's the thing. Like what we talked about earlier, like about the field construction, right? There are so many good players that like ownership is going to be spread, right? Like right. you may see a spike, like we mentioned with Justin Thomas, because in that specific range, he is not only the best fit, but he is low owned, right? I don't think anybody, like maybe Young, maybe Spieth, maybe Hovland could get to eight or 9%, but like, I think everybody here is still going to be around double digits. Like there's not going to be anybody super low. Um, So as you scroll down and you look at guys who might become more popular, if it's M or if it's Burns, or if it's even Morikawa to an extent, like I still don't think they're going to get to like 20, 22, 25. I think everybody's going to be between 10 and 20 um, and your ownership decisions are going to have to be made elsewhere. 
like when you have a low seven guy who's massive chalk, yeah. right? Like at the bottom for sure. Here, I don't think ownership matters much. Like if Burns is is 16 and Morikawa is 18 and Matsuyama is 12, like, okay, maybe I'll take the discount and play Matsuyama, but it's not like you're gaining that much leverage. Yeah, it's almost like we're friends. We've definitely talked about this plenty of times. Oh, if he was, he's 2% less than him. I'm going to play him instead. Like you're not getting leverage. Like, sure, just, you get a little bit, but it doesn't. say it, that, it just makes no sense, but uh, yeah, I love your call there. That's why I wanted to talk a little bit about it. So again, I guess the point was to make it for everyone watching or listening. Like it is one of those situations, I think, where people are like, oh, Zal Torres is going to be 25%. I'll just fade him because I bet him or I'll just fade him because everyone's talking about him. But you actually could see it sort of shake out a little more even in here where if you want to play him, just get enough of him. Just get in on the action and actually move forward with him and get different. And I think this is a good point to segue because you've got Morikawa, down to Tom Kim, but just let me do the range real quick. It's not that big. Kawa, Burns, M, Matsuyama, T2 last year, right? Lowry, Horschel, Neiman, and winner from last week, Tom Kim. There's a lot yeah. of love for this range. In the names, in the popularity long-term, in some stuff I'm hearing earlier this week, and then, of yep. course, the recent form. Yeah, well, and I think, again, that is also um, that is also what the build is going to look like. I think everybody is going to say, okay, I, I want to play two studs because there's a lot of value, right? But then they start building and they're like, ooh, but I can get Matsuyama, Lowry, and Burns on the same team. <laughs> so like, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of that. And the builds are going to go like, start with Zalatoris, grab three of those guys, or maybe start with JT and grab two of those guys and be a little more balanced, which is going to get me in trouble because as you know, there are scrubs down there and I'm just yeah. going to jam a couple studs or three studs on these teams because now that's the unique bill. So, yeah, which I like by the way. So that again, I don't love the scrubs, but when we get to what you're talking about, I think there's definitely a, a viable way to go there, especially if you got enough lineups. Again, if you want to do it on a single entry, I've got no problem with that either because it's just avoiding what you'll end up doing is avoiding a lot of this nine K and eight K what ends up being the more popular guys, maybe not mm -hmm. the exact chalk of the slate, but the, the idea of the guys that are heavier owned in here, you avoid some of the landmines. Well, you will still have the FOMO of, you know, certain guys, you yep. will avoid the landmines just by doing it. And that might be enough to find your way up to the top. So let's run through it. I think Kawa is getting some early love, right? Some of the mainstream stuff already in on him, betting him, talking about him at 8,700. I got a couple DMs. Like, I know you're away in Memphis this week, but how do I not lock Morikawa this week? Can you yep. talk me out of it? So it's like things like that, that are coming up. and then. Burns, right? M and, and Tom Kim from just last week. Lowry playing some good golf. Horschel, I think history is pretty solid. You got Neiman, who people like, and Matsuyama just last year alone. But then you've got sort of the recent stuff with him. So how do you see this 8K range shaking out? And then what are some of your thoughts in here? Yeah, I think um, so it's hard because we haven't really seen any ownership yet. It's, been based, it's just been based on bets and things like that. Um, I obviously think Morikawa is underpriced and he he tends to perform in these spots, right? Where the odds go up. He's been bad for a while. Um, in theory, it should be a great course for him, right? Don't necessarily need to putt that well, but he has one on a Florida Bermuda course. Um, obviously, iron play is at a premium here, but his irons haven't been that good. Like He has shown a little bit better the last couple uh, outings, but his irons just haven't been that good. So um, I'll probably go elsewhere, but Burns is going to be popular, um, even with the bad run over in Europe. Obviously, almost one here fits the course exactly what you're looking for. Tough with Hideki. People were burned by the withdrawal. Uh, we kind of kind of saw it coming, and then once he made a nine, you kind of knew it was over. But you know, he seemed to be right back out practicing. I assume that was a, a 
a recent video that he posted of him doing the speed training. Uh, it was like a couple of days later and he was swinging at oh, 100. It was definitely a recent video because that was the tilt. It was like 130 he he miles an hour he was swinging at. Two yeah. days later, he's Bryson out there blasting it. So so he's he, he's probably fine. And like my rule with uh, Matsuyama is I like him when he's low price, low owned and uh, at courses that he's done well at. And yeah. all three of those apply here. Um, but yeah, like I think, I think they're going to be spread. Like people are going to play Shane Lowry. There's no reason not to. Um, he's not going to be as popular as he's been all summer. And people are going to play Tom Kim and people are going to play Horschel. I guess Neiman's there. He may not like he may be single digits, but there's no reason that he should be. He's he's great. He's a great year. So, I th- yeah, I mean, I'm just going to pick my favorite guys from here, which probably Burns and Matsuyama would be my top two. And it's just going to kind of lead me away from the rest, unfortunately. And I should note back in the nine K range, just quick for everyone to listen. Like I, I like Finau, I like Zalatoris, I like uh, you know Fitzpatrick. They're fine. The guys at the bottom, like if I was picking one of Young, Spieth, and Hovland, I would yeah. probably pick Spieth. To be honest, I know it's not ideal, but for me, just thinking about it in general, the guy that might actually show up and have the ability to just find his way around. And the other thing is Spieth, to me anyway, does not make a lot of the big mistakes. It's usually you yeah. know a, a bogey here a bogey there but then he has the bounce back birdies you'll have the streak or he'll find it and find his way to get around he could scramble well enough I, I just see him as being sort of the lower own $9,100 option in this range it's funny but for me Morikawa doesn't rate out very well so yep. when the guy asked me that question I said I really don't you know I'm about to go record but I said I'll, I'll probably have zero of them this week and again it's first look we'll see but I just don't see it I, I thought about the bet this morning, if anything, like that's sort mm-hmm. of where I started. The price is fair for Morikawa. And I get the under, I understand where people are going with it. I'll just play Burns. Uh, the guys for me in here, like Burns, Neiman are two that I always like when they're in this price, but you've got M and Lowry who are right there. The only thing I'll say about them. And as much as I know, what is this back-to-back T2s mm-hmm. now for M, <laughs> you, you know, that's going to bring ownership there. So we'll see how that shakes out. Matsuyama could be the perfect pivot. I, I love that call. But Lowry is the one I was going to bring up. To me, yeah. he's just, I don't know if it's past the time or whatever, but like we went so many weeks where it's like, oh, he's been so close. He's been so close. It's coming. I see him as like a really good cash game or T20 mm-hmm. option. I, I don't see the win equity. So if you're building Lowry, Lowry lineups, if you will, I would like to see a little bit more win equity jammed in with it. Even though you're saying, you know, he's a guy that could win a tournament. He's a major yeah. winner, all that. I, I honestly don't see it the same. And the price is 8,300 for a reason. Yeah, well, and so I think this is where it kind of builds lead you. Like one of the things that, that that I like to do this week, right, is I kind of look at the build and I pick like the top chalk and the bottom chalk and kind of where I think a lot of teams are going to start and then kind of see what you can fill in from there. Like, for example, if you started with Zalatoris, ended with Steel and balanced out the middle, what kind of builds you can make, right? Yeah. That's where the chalk's going to go. And so like you think about, okay, if Burns and Horschel is a a, a, a popular combination, that can be a direct pivot to like Matsuyama Lowry. So like you can have that build with that same sort of chalk build, but make a couple of pivots there and you're going to have all the leverage, right? And yeah, yeah Lowry and Matsuyama can easily beat Horschel and Burns. Like there's no doubt about that. So um, yeah, I, mean, I think Lowry does have upside. You know, he he's played this course well a couple of times he's been here. Um, obviously like he wasn't great last week, but it was mostly a couple of blow up holes. Like he had one double, um, he had a triple yesterday. He had a couple doubles early, right? He was like four over through five holes the first round. I think he did enough that like, I'm going to play Lowry this week. 
Oh yeah. I mean, on Lowry, I'm just saying, like you just nailed whatever I was trying to go with that statement is I feel like he's more of a top 20 guy than he mm-hmm. is the winner of the tournament. So if you build that Zalatoris to steal lineup that you just mentioned and Lowry's in it, like now mm-hmm. you've got Zalatoris who I hope wins this week. Again, we'll talk about that, but <laughs> you know, I hope wins this week, but the point would be, you've got him. You've got Steele as a safety guy, but for good reason mm-hmm. at a cheap price, you're going to be filling it in with other safety guys. And then you've got Lowry. It's like, where is all the win equity of the lineup versus other guys are going to have two, two or three guys at the top that can win this thing that you think very handily, or at least have good odds and all those factors. And then they're going to have a couple punts where if you get that situation, like the guy that won our listener league last week, where you just need Taron and who is this other guy more to come mm-hmm. through. Yeah, maybe they both don't, but it's like one came T5, one came T27, and you end up in a good spot to ship a GPP. So just some thoughts on how I think about things when I'm building them, but we can move on. Like, that's me for this range. I don't mind the other calls that you had there, but Neiman. Yeah, so one last point, and it's it's specifically for Lowry, but again, with last week, with all the blow-up holes, right, there's a lot of guys who you can do this with, you know, looking back and kind of seeing where those holes were. But like with Lowry specifically, I mentioned he made a triple yesterday. He also made one on Saturday, right? Um, he gained 1.3 strokes approach for the week. He lost 0.6 off the tee, so pretty neutral. However, on one of those triples, he lost three strokes off the tee, right? right. So, so literally, you take one ball or one hole out of it, and he's now gaining two and a half or three strokes ball striking. If anybody saw that, <laughs> right, uh, more he'd be interested. A, a massive play this week. So, like, yeah, I think you have to kind of really. Parse I, I think he's still going to get played, and also mm-hmm. just back to last week on him because I want to talk about one more thing from last week too. But with him, uh, don't forget the guy also did not want to play round three <laughs> or four. He literally quit. He pulled a DJ on the last four holes. You go watch yeah. it. Go watch the shot tracker. He quit. He had to take. I don't even know why he didn't WD. Everyone else did. He's just a nice fella, I guess. Right, yeah. nice Irish man who came back and said, "I'm going to get my private jet." I'm going to hop on this thing, come back over and play the weekend. But uh, I'm pretty sure he did not want to be there. He wanted to be out of there. So either way, I'm not against He was him. out of there. He, he literally left. Yeah. Yeah. But but Tom Kim, we, we I forgot. We can't move on to the 7K range. The 6K yeah. range will be pretty quick, I think, because we can spend a little time. But what do you do with Tom Kim? What do you see mm-hmm. the field doing with Tom Kim at 8,000 even here? I think, look, I mean, Kai just won and he's down $600 in price, right? Mm-hmm. He was popular last week. I see no reason why he shouldn't be, even if he gets the bump down for the guy who just won, he's too cheap. He's going to be popular. Like he'll be more owned than Lowry. He'll probably be higher than Matsuyama, be higher than Horschel, be higher than Neiman. So um, I'm probably not going to get there. I'm certainly not going to get there with my single entry stuff. I just think, you know, he plays a lot of golf. Obviously that's not the issue, but his whole life has changed now. His whole schedule has changed now. He was not planning to be in Memphis this week, Right. He was not planning to play these playoff events and get into all the majors right away and the masters and play everything. So um, I'm sure he'll play fine. I just think uh, he's going to be like 20% and I'm, I'm just ready to go elsewhere. Yeah. I definitely have Neiman over him right now. So mm-hmm. again, do, do with that what you will. That's just how my stuff shakes out early, but to your point, uh, don't forget. He also, he, we, we joked earlier about the Ricky Fowler thing and how, you know, Tom Kim hopped on to the list. He hops on yeah. in 34th place. Like he might not have had Memphis on his schedule. Now he might have Eastlake on his schedule. We have to see how this goes obviously over the yeah. next two weeks, but that is pretty insane. And I know that like the, the fatigue conversations and jokes right out there, but 
you know, he, what's he on? Like five, he played, I think that was his fifth in a row. He's 20 years old. At, yeah. At least. And it's going to be eight now. Right. Cause he's probably going to get to East Lake. Um, yeah. be eight. So I think yeah, he's fine. It's great. I really do. I think it's just one thing I would say about him is like I said, I do have some other guys around him and, and it's a good segue because I know you yeah. like some Hatton. We've got Homa who always seems to be popular right here. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the seven K range, sort of run through it as, as low as you want to go. And we could save some for after, but uh, start with Hatton, Homa, those guys at the top. Then what do you got? Yeah, again, I, I I think there's just a lot of ways you can go. A lot of it depends on on kind of what you're looking for. You know, I'm going to struggle with Homa a little bit because um, I always think he's underpriced, but because of that, he's always overowned. But he's also one of the best iron players in the field, right? Um, he's not great in the short game, not great playing on the Bermuda grass. Um, and I think with how much I like Hatton uh, and even Henley below him and Wise and Riley, and, like there's just a lot of guys. So um, I'm not going to play Homa. I do love Hatton. Um, you know, he's played this course three times now, at least, which is good. Um, he played actually really well last year, but he lost like 2.8 strokes putting on Sunday, which cost him at least a top 10, but probably a top five. Um, and was really great. Like we saw over in Europe, he started to kind of find something when that just links golf, uh, but played great last week at the Wyndham, got better every day. Uh, I think he shot 64 on Sunday, bogey free. Um, and like was hitting fairways, the iron game was good because uh, with Hatton, like he does everything. Okay. He's not the most accurate driver. He's an okay putter, but when he plays well, it's the irons. Right. Um, and he's now had three strong iron weeks in a row. So he's probably one of my favorites there. And I, I, I don't think he's going to be that popular. Um, he should be, but like people are going to still play Russell Henley and why well, he's getting squeezed. I think you got Homa Henley wise, all right. Riley there, Connors then, right below we'll, there. We'll get you to know. Connors. I was like, just going to say, so. yeah, like there's a ton, like even from, yeah, from the 75 up, like people are going to play Keegan. They're going to play Connors. Um, so like, you just look at who that leaves as kind of low owned. I think it leaves Mito, Scott, Bez, Pendrith, Power, Hatton. I think yeah. those are your low five and the others are the high five. So I'm just, again, I'm going to take my two or three favorites and go really heavy on them. And for me, it's, it's probably going to be Hatton and probably going to be Connors, even though, you know, he's going to be overwhelming chalk, but um, I think I'm going to just hammer those two. Do you, do you think Connors is at all a decision? Yeah. I appreciate you did the sort of the 7,500 and up there. So that's perfect. Or at least 7,600 up, which is yeah. good. But what, what do you think is the situation with Connors here? Because he, no, is no, there's, there's no decision. He's the best value on the board. Not even close. Yeah, sorry, let me confirm what the decision <laughs> might be to lock Connors or to just, yeah, you know. So the only reason not to lock Connors is is one, there are a lot of, 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 of other options here, right? And Connors could lose four strokes putting, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be overweight. Like I'll probably, I don't know, have 40% or 35% or something Connors. That's my guess. And maybe yep. fade him in, in, in like big single entry stuff. But um like that's the only concern with him is, is okay. He could lose three or four strokes putting, but his putting has been solid. Like he didn't put well last week. He didn't put well at the U S open, but he's gained strokes putting in like six of the last nine events. So he's doing okay. And the ball striking is back. Oh, so this week also, unfortunately did not get my seat through to this final 40. I was got to round two in it, but the fantasy golf world championship is going on over under 60% Corey Connors in the final 40. Final 40s. That's 24 teams. Um, I'm gonna say, so I'm gonna say under, but barely. I think yeah. he'll be like 45 or 50. Yeah. And thinking of it too, I was just in my head like some guys said. This is though. This is the benefit of the guys that got the five. Like you know, Peter Gibbons has yeah. five seats. Mark Lovin has five seats. Certain guys have three or two. Like this is where 
they can easily do that. So I think that's where you'll see it maybe come in slightly under. I think it's a good line, but just in sense of, you know, most people are just going to play him and move on. He's 7,600. He's the same price as, you know, Pendrith, who, you know, again, yeah. Pendrith's playing some great golf. Don't get me wrong, but little Canadian on Canadian violence. I can do that being Canadian, but it is crazy when you think about the price tag of what you usually see Connors at and recently. And then the thing you mentioned it, Connors could lose four strokes to the putter. Sure. What about Sunday? We talked about Hatton's nice round, you know, uh, yeah. six under bogey free. Connors was great. Connors four under one bogey only and lost almost two with the putter. Like that's, and here it's definitely not as important. So if the ball striking shows up like yeah. it usually does, man, this guy, it's just going yeah, to be tough had, to see. He hit one drive into the water on Friday. Um, if you take that drive out, he gains approach and off the tee every round in both categories and got better ball striking every single day throughout the week. Like you talk about a trend and what you want to look for. Like, I think that's it. And here the greens are much flatter. Like, I think, I think Wyndham is probably a top five hardest uh, greens to putt, especially on those four five, six footers that we saw everybody miss. So he's going to feel a lot more comfortable here. Um, And he actually is used to the Bermuda. He lives down here in South Florida. He has for a while, like he's fine on this stuff. So um, yeah, I love Connor's, just have to be unique with the builds. That's all. I'm not sure if Pendrith is still rooming with him with Connors and his wife, but they were roommates and uh, I would imagine not anymore, but that definitely was a thing. And so, uh, you know, just talking about guys that can play well and are down there and things like that could play well together. I I think you could definitely play them. I like the hat and call in the sense that, like you said, that sneaky little Sunday round and just playing good golf over the weekend, really just could go under the radar. I think that's interesting. Homa and Connors are the ones to me that are the most mispriced, but the ownership will come with that. I mm-hmm. think when it shakes out, Connors with ownership will be better than Homa with ownership. It just, again, it's just the way it usually works for me. So that's where I'll be at. Let's do the bottom of this range, 7,600, 7,500 and down. What do you got for the rest of the 7K range? Three or four guys. Yeah, definitely uh, fewer down here. I think um, starting from the top there, I I hate this guy, but I'm going to play Chris Kirk again. Uh, I think it's a great course fit for him. He is better on these narrow, shorter courses. He's won at Colonial, plays well at Harbor Town, right? Uh, he won the RSM. Like, that is who he is. And he's just really been playing well, like, across the board. Um, he can putt well, hits fairways, uh, really good iron player, obviously makes birdies. So, you know, if you're not playing well, it doesn't matter because he's still scoring for you. So he's my favorite there. Um, I think you have a lot of flop lag candidates here with like Mitchell and Varner and even Webb now that he's actually appropriately priced. Um, but there's nobody there that stands out. So I would skip all the way down um, and kind of take the kind of low chalk here that we'll talk about. But Stallings, um, absolutely no reason to stop playing St- Scott Stallings. Um, I'm going to play Chez. Um, I think he's a little bit overpriced for the field, but great course for him. Makes a lot of sense. Played really well last week, especially over the weekend. And then we'll obviously have to talk about Brendan Steele, but I think like if Steele is going to be that much higher owned than everybody else here, like, yeah, I'm going to play Stallings. I'm going to play Chez. I'll play somebody else and just not play Brendan Steele. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I think that, you know, a lot of conversation will come up around maybe some of the plays that people think are more sneaky, like Amido, or, you know, you talked about Webb a little bit, going back mm-hmm. to the well on some of these guys. I, I'm with you. I like Kirk with you there. I like some Varner flop leg. I'm okay with that. Again, remember, Varner was getting priced at like 9K and 9,700 yeah. in some of these fields that were nowhere near as strong as this, but were still stronger than what you're used to. So are some of the ones we've seen recently. So I got no problem with him at 7,400. 
uh, down at the bottom, Munoz and Steele, sort of the two that pop for me. And then you could take your chances on some of the other guys. You talk like Denny. Of course, this is the week he just shows up and does it, I'm guessing. You know, Steele or Stallings at 7,100, yeah. who you already talked about. Sure. Back on Harmon, if you want to go there for some of the flop leg, that could be a thing. He, did, he made the cut, but did not come through last week at 8,300. So a lot of those. But what do you want to talk about with Steele here? Because we're going to get into the 6K range. But first, let's talk here. You got Gary Woodland. Who we got to talk about? We got yeah. Steele at seven thousand. T- couple guys at least. Yeah, like I think, yeah, and I, and so I think again, especially with with me wanting to play some of the chalk higher and uh, it being pretty spread out, like you can't play, you know, a Zalatoris, Burns, Connors, Steele. You, you just can't do it, right? <laughs> It'd be very bad to do that. Um, so Steele is probably going to be the one here who spikes. Like even if you know Stallings gets to ten percent or twelve percent and. Uh, Revy gets to eight or 10%. Steel might be 25%, right? Yeah. Probably a little lower than that, but like he's going to be 20 ish in that range. Um, and like we talked about, Steel, probably safe to make the cut. Steel, not going to make enough birdies and going to finish T40 or T30. And that's that's probably where he's going to fall. And you're just not going to win GPPs with him. You're going to have a massive negative leverage score. Um, like, give me Chez, give me Stalling, give me anybody else there. Um, or give me Gary Woodland. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think well, well, very the Gary thing is interesting, yeah. but I think you nailed the steel portion where it's again, like you said, you're looking at a guy very safe to make the cut. <laughs> but if even if he gets stolen, even if it ends up that it's only like 15, 16%, it's not about it's only this or like if he was 12, I'd play him. That's not what we're saying back to the previous point made. But the point mm-hmm. is, there is a lot of upside guys around him that so, just could destroy steel, him. So Steel finally had some good putting, right? Steel had a bunch of birdies at the Rocket Mortgage. I mean, everybody was making birdies, right? But like the yeah. ball striking was great as it has been. He finally made some birdies. How did he finish? He finished tied for 30th, right? Yeah. Um, and that was about as good as he is going to do. And now you have an even stronger field. So like if he finishes 40th, it's not just not going to do anything for you. So yeah. yeah, and look, I mean. Yes, Woodland sucks. And yes, it's a bit that we play him and I play him too much. But like if Woodland's 4% and Steele is 20, there is not any argument for playing Brendan Steele there. Uh, Woodland likes these less than driver courses, likes Bermuda, played well on both of the harder Florida swing courses at, 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 uh, at Bay Hill and uh, Honda. Um, he doesn't play well here, but like, again, you just need to beat Brendan Steele and finish like 20th, uh, which he can certainly do. So He's another guy who uh, missed the cut by one last week, not going to, or the other week, not going to uh, worry too much about that. But I think he's a, a great GPP play here. Yeah. Eight, eight footer away from a made cut. He was on the round two yeah. fantasy golf world championship team for me. So yeah. uh, it hurt my feelings a little bit, but it wouldn't have mattered. So that's okay. The rest of it did not pan out. Exactly. If you will. So, you know, we, we had CT pan in there. We're too, done with so. that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the 6K range then. I, I'm with you on that conversation around the bottom of the 7K guys, but yeah. uh, you know, looking for a little more upside maybe than Steel. to your point. 6K range, just run the whole range. Who are some of the guys that stand out? Talk about the ones that you want to, and then I'll name mine before we get out of here. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot. And I think I mentioned this at the top, you know, play the guys that have been good, right? Like, right to Taylor Moore at 6,800. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no reason not to. Um, if you're looking at, at, at form, iron play, uh, I think you go back to Tom Hoagie. I think he makes a lot of sense. Uh, we mentioned Troy Merritt, who seems to have found something. And uh, if he finds a putter, he's going to be there. Uh, the ball striking is great. He did have a runner up here. You know, it was a long, long time ago, but he clearly can put these greens. Um, so I think he's a very interesting one. And then uh, just kind of going way down, you know, there's a lot of guys here that, that we can play, but um, I'm actually going to work Lucas Glover into the build intentionally. Um I think it's a great course for him. 
he's done well on uh, these sort of tracks where ball striking is a premium and you kind of have the flatter Bermuda greens. Um, and he got better kind of last week. He had a, a 66 on Friday, played well over the weekend, minus, you know, one or two shots. Um, but he needs a good week. Like he has really underperformed this year. Um, he, he actually started off pretty good, but like the last few months have been really bad. So he needs to get some points. Um, I think he'll gain some confidence from last week. The irons play is starting to come back. So, um, and last week's greens are so much harder than these ones. So I'm going to play some Glover. Yeah. I like the Lucas Glover call. I think again, like I said, at the price he's at, and again, another sneaky one over the weekend that just not as many people will probably lean into. So I think he's mm-hmm. good, but, um, we're going to definitely get to that. The, um, the other guy here I was going to say is Matthew Neesmith. I, I've been playing him and I know last week it was like 7,200 yeah. or whatever, and it wasn't the best. And we talk about the upside factor, but I, I don't know, like at this price and you see some of the stuff like third at Valspar, 12th at the RBC heritage, 19th at the travelers. He can show enough for that price. 25th at the Honda, which you talked about earlier, right. Being a, a spot that you could go up against. So at the price, I've got at least a little bit of interest. He does hit a lot more greens. I talked about that earlier. I like the merit call. I think some of the other guys from up above, like, I'll take a chance on an upside guy. This is, you know, 6,900, but Wyndham Clark, probably not the best course fit, but if you just think, like I said, in general at 6,900, trying to find some upside, I think you could see him spike. We've seen that other, go ahead. No, I, I I always, I always play Wyndham Clark. I'm always way overweight on him. I'm I'm definitely worried about the accuracy off the tee here and and him finding all the water. Yeah, that, that's the only problem that you're going to run into, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, that's where, again, I'm willing to risk the five or six on the fact that if he gets through what you could find with the, the six of six. And the other thing there too, is like you mentioned Taylor Moore and he's playing incredible right now, but the point mm-hmm. is what if, and, and it's probably better to go down like a merit or actually going back to a Streelman would probably be better. But my point would be like, if you find some of these guys here that could just beat the other guy, maybe more has an off week or something like that, yeah. because he's been playing in these weaker fields, Johnny Vegas, again, don't expect much, but uh, at 6,600, Luke List, 6,500, a ball striker that, you know, you could could see the upside. Uh, made a playoff against Justin Thomas way back in the day at the Honda. You could use that if you want to keep going on that angle. There's just not a lot that I love down here versus I know you're more comfortable with it. I'm, I like the I like the Glover call, but really for me, just not that much. Yeah, and more is, range. I think the issue with more, right, is, is we saw how many putts he missed and still how many birdies he was able to make, right? So, like, if I'm going to be dipping into the sixes, I want form, but I want birdie makers, right? And, yes, that gives me worry with Glover because he can't putt. But, like, yeah, Spawn is a perfect example, right? Spawn gained 1.3 strokes off the tee last week. He was, like, hitting every fairway. Um, if he does that again, like, the irons are not going to be that bad. And, like, that's a guy who can make birdies. Um, and then, like you mentioned, Luke Liss, like, probably have to play him at the price, but like, you know, he's going to lose two and a half strokes putting. We're going to tilt it and it's going to be terrible. Yeah, that, that is true. But like you said, those are the guys. Like if you think about yeah. some of them that you mentioned, like more merit, uh, who's some of the other ones there that you were just. What about Taron is down there. He's about birdie makers. He's at 6,600. Like, I don't know. And this guy continues to crush me. It's just time to retire. You could see him again, be, be overwhelming chalk because like the price is bad, you know, for a guy that makes that many birdies, he, had a I don't, I don't think he'll yesterday. be as popular. People will still play him though, but yeah. um, list 6,500. I'm okay with Neesmith. I mean, there is other guys there, but like I said, you can, you can take your chance. Patrick Rogers, again, JJ Spawn, who you just talked about, at least with these guys, you know, you could have the miscut and it just could go bad. But if they yeah. come through, I, I definitely feel better about them than some mm-hmm. of the other guys that are down here. Yeah, for sure. So again, you don't need to come down here, right? There's plenty of value in the sevens that you don't need to, but if you do, I mean, do it for upside and birdie making. Don't 
like don't come down here and let me just see don't come down here and take Russell Knox. I know he played okay last week, but don't come down here and take Knox or, uh, you know, I guess Putnam's down there, Pan, uh, Joel Damon. No, those are not the guys to play down here. Yeah, take the risk. And I know it's not safe and it doesn't feel good, but that, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's how you find your way to the top because one of these guys break through for you and have a big weekend. So, all right, that's going to do it, Bear. If you know how we got to do this at the end before we do the bets, Let's do yeah. the guess the cash the cor- cash game cornerstones. We got no Kenny. This should be easy for you this week. I can, I can think of a few of them already, but what do you got for the cash game cornerstones well, here? It's hard because you also have to weigh in his 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 Asian bias, right? There's kind of no doubt about that. I'm Kim um, or not to Tom Kim. Sung JM or not to Sung JM, yes. Yeah, well, so I'll just start. I think he's going to, he's he's certainly going to have Corey Connors. There's kind of no doubt about that. Yes. Uh, as should everybody. Um, I feel like he's going to, uh, I feel like he's going to uh, want to keep playing uh, Tom Kim. So I will throw him in there. I think he goes with Tom, though, off the win or Sungjae off both T2s. I just think Tom win is at the still Honda before, Like that keeps getting brought up this week. So yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like he would play He's going to have one of them for sure. There's no doubt about that. I'll, I'll say M is my guess. Yeah. No, that's definitely one. Um, uh, probably Zalatoris. Willie Z. Yeah, he loves Willie Z too. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know who he likes to play at the top. I know that Kenny's gotten more aggressive in cash uh like where he he, t- he tends to punt one and then play one higher so um uh, i'll also say i'll say that he'll consider justin thomas but i don't know that he'll land there let me do a quick live run just look at it we got, who cares <laughs> season's almost over we're, we're spending some time on uh, justin thomas what'd we say jt i'll go sung jay and then we'll see if it's him or tom kim but let's see it willie z and then and of connors. course Corey connors yeah and that leaves you 7,100 per guy. We won't give out a full lineup here, but obviously you could play steel, no problem, and then round it out. If yeah. you take Sungjae down to Tom Kim, you can really do a lot. Like you could play steel and a bunch of guys that are going to be popular. So that says it's going to be Tom Kim if, if you look at it. So we'll say JT, Willie Z, Tom Kim, and Corey Connors, and it's actually not that bad. Besides, you know, you're getting ownership that comes no, with. No, you don't it. even need to drop to the sixes, right? Like, right. You don't like you can, but you definitely don't need to. Yeah, and you you land in like the perfect spot. So again, you guys go out and build it. Kenny likes to give away five or six. I'll stick to terms of service. Tambo this week, we'll leave it at that and just roll it out with the four guys. But you've got it. Let's talk bets. You know where I'm at, Baroff. I'll go first because it's easy. First time all season. Nobody has talked more shit about this guy than me at somewhere around 25 to 30 to one. But when you've never bet it, you can bet it. I'll be there. I've said it four times now. It's going to be exciting. It's a destiny bet. Bear off. It's Will Zalatoris. I got him 28 to one, one fifth each way with eight places. So as long, it's the only bet I've made this week on the PGA tour. There's other bets out there, but eight places. My guy, Willie Z while I'm there live, gets his first W in a playoff event. You know, even the Tom Kim motivation. Mm-hmm. Fact, so a couple of things right quick. I will, since I'm not naming all my other bets. I don't have any Tom <laughs> Kim motivation factor. Remember Tom Kim was Willie Z situation last year. And Tom Kim got the job done. Oh, Willie couldn't. So Willie had to wait and come back. So Tom Kim motivation, new caddy narrative. Got the new caddy on the bag. By the way, first round with the new caddy gained two strokes putting. 
on Saturday. Yeah. Just found it. I know you don't need that here, which is fine, but I'm just saying it's not a bad thing for our guy, Willie. And then just like you said, everything else that goes with how good he looks for the course, the setup, everything I'm putting my blinders on. I don't care who bets it with me. It's everyone that bet it. And that's fine. Everybody. Yep. But I've said it for a long time. People know this. I said to me last week or this, I did not pull the trigger. I was not betting 18 to one last week. It was a joke. Talked about it. But I said, this is the week I'm going to wait for. Hopefully we get 28. I yeah. saw 22s, 24s. I got worried. And then the 28 popped up right out of the gate. So I slammed it. It's uh, my biggest bet of the season, actually. And it's the only bet that I have. So well, that's why. Yeah, I'm I'm there uh, with you as well. Um, I don't know if I ended up getting 26 to 28, but in that same range. Um, but as I said, I'm, I'm going to kind of live in that mid-tier, you know, very likely a stud wins, which is why um, I took these all with places. <laughs> yeah. But I have uh, Hovland uh, at 40 to 1. I have Burns at 40 to 1. That one's actually win only. That was DraftKings. So Burns, Hovland. Um, I have Matsuyama at 50 to 1 with places. And I have Hatton at 55. Uh, so just going to live with those five and, and uh, hopefully get a win and a place. And it's a good week. Such a good card, to be honest. Like if I wanted to go all of it, but I, I've got to commit to the bit as well, where I also said uh, the reason he was such a loser bet in the 20s and 30s was that everybody else put six guys on their card with him. So when he wins, your card is cut down to your Leave yourself to some uh, live bullets, right? You may want to add something after Thursday. Maybe, or maybe Friday, I will. So. If he actually completely disappoints me uh, on day one, I probably should bet him first round leader thinking about this out loud here, but uh, I'll do that after I'll have first round leader bets in the run pure sports discord bear off. I appreciate you doing this man. As always let the people know where they can find you. You've been getting active on Twitter lately again for some time now, but I, I personally love it. I know everybody else does too when you're actually on there and interacting. So it's good to see you out there. Yeah. Man. What, let the people know. Yeah, no, it's been busy. Things are quieting down now, which is nice. Uh, now, now that golf is winding down and uh, I have no football thoughts, I won't have to tweet anymore, <laughs> but uh yeah, no, uh, I've been on Twitter. DMs are open. Uh, Wiley and I will hopefully resume the pod in the fall. Uh, I know that he's been tied up with stuff uh, at home with the Kentucky flooding and all of those things that he has going on. So we'll be back. Uh, and I'm actually, as we talked about, super pumped about the fall swing because we have a lot of names coming and it's always yeah. a, a very fun time for betting, you know, fall swing events, corn fairy tour finals. We'll get Euro guys coming over, right? Like it's it's just a lot happening. And then you have football, so yeah. What what was that handle on Twitter one time? Barbaroff four two seven. Yeah, that's what it is. I always forget, and I mix it up because I think your your DK name is slightly different, but it's kind of like that. Yeah, so RB, we, we've got yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, follow Bear off anyway. And it, like last week, just crushed, puts the card out free for everybody, and that just dominated. I know it wasn't exactly what you wanted, but the win was great on the PGA side, on the Euro side. Could have yep. been a little bit more there, but Simi, you know, still came through with the nice place T two, I believe it was. So. Yeah, yeah. So, solid week. Henley, top five you had as well. I do remember that. So solid over there. You guys know where to find me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. Add me up there. Again, I'll put up my tidbits like always. I might come out Tuesday night this week. Like I said, I got to travel on Wednesday. So it'll be, you know, 10 or 11 when the season's winding out. Not as many people on there putting out their articles or doing as much with their stuff. It's not going to be as much, but football's coming up. I'm going to continue that through for football as well. I haven't been as much in the football streets on Twitter, but uh, you guys know I put a lot of time and effort into that as well. You know, have some solid wins. Last season was really solid. Got second at King of the Beach. Big score there. So looking to go back to back, go, go back to that event this year as well. Other than that, that's going to do it for this week, guys. One and done. We didn't talk about it. Play to what you need for to round up the tournament. If you're down, play someone no one else has. If you're winning, play, play who we have left. Win. That's about it. <laughs> and that too. If you saved it for right now, 
play those guys. That's going to do it for this week, guys. Next week, Kenny will be back. He'll be back with Bear Off again. So we'll get to recap how this week went for us all. Should be exciting. Follow me on Twitter. I'll be down there live tweeting shit from the event. So that'll be exciting. Let's win some motherfucking money. D-Gen Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the word.